0: Good evening everybody and welcome to Deep Dive on Monday the 5th of October and uh, it's great to see everybody tonight and I'm just going to wait for a few people to jump on but um, so good to see you tonight just to let you know kingdom company we planned to start the church planned to launch the church on the 29th of march this last year 2020 what a year it has been and so we're not able to we've not been able to launch the church we're not been able to we've not been able to you know go ahead and do that so we're online man that's what we're going to be doing that's what we're going to be doing we're going to be online that's our jam that's our thing for a while and so um yeah. There we go. Good evening everybody. How is it going? Good to see you tonight. Monday the 5th of October. It's Deep Dive and uh, my name is Matt Hooper. I'm going to be your host this evening. Hi David. Hi everybody. Just wait for a few more people to join. <clears throat> so good to see you tonight, guys. And um we're going to be tonight just every Deep Dive every Monday night we unpack the Sunday th- message um from, uh, what we, what we've done, what we've taught on the Sundays, uh, just to let you know that obviously we meet on Sundays on Instagram. Uh, we have about a 45 minute service with a teaching and some worship and some prayer. That's been really awesome. We're going to be doing that every Sunday. And then Mondays we have deep dive, which is like a live podcast filming. If you like, we're going to be discussing and breaking down the rest of the, um, you know, the, the Sunday teaching and breaking it down and just taking that and talking about it and discussing it and answering any questions that you have. Hello, young family. How are you doing? And then on Tuesdays and on uh, Thursdays and then a, a twice a month on Fridays, too, we have e-groups or digital Zoom groups where we just gather together in community and study the Bible together. Um We have some amazing uh, small group leaders. They're such top people. We love them to bits. And uh, they're they're there to facilitate everybody just getting to know the word, getting to know the Bible better because, man, I tell you what, our lives are going to be immeasurably changed and enriched beyond understanding when we get to know God's word for ourselves. So it's just flipping awesome. Um, Yeah, so there we go. And then... um, we're going to be doing some prayer over the weekend, but that's us. You can find us on YouTube. If you look at Kingdom Company on YouTube, we have our own channel there. We're adding to that all the time. We have obviously our own Instagram account, which is where you're joining us tonight. Some of you guys. Hi, Emily. And we have um, uh, on our Instagram, you can click on our website and follow us uh, uh, on that. We have a All of our links, anything downloadable is there. Hi, guys. Good to see you tonight. And so just, you know, subscribe and like and share. That's so much fun to do. We appreciate everybody doing that recently over Instagram. People have been sharing and sending stuff out to each other and connecting with others and encouraging others. We are not like, we're not a church that has membership. We're not a church that. Kind of, you know, you have to subscribe or sign up for stuff. You know, we're a church that we, we're basically the story of us was <clears throat> we've been a, gathering a launch team together for about 18 months and we were due to launch the church on the 29th of March in 2020. <clears throat> what a year 2020 has been! So, obviously, we have not launched the church in physical capacity yet. So what we've decided to do is whilst we can't meet in physical locations, um, we are going to do everything online as much as we can. And even when we do go back to uh, physical locations, we're still going to do the digital stuff because we realized how important digital community has been to so many people. You know, we have people all the time tuning in from Africa, from scotland from all over the place it's just so amazing good to see you good to see you guys some new faces tonight good to see you um and we want to build a community online for people who are you know wanting to know about the ways of jesus and figure out who he is and how we might why why we say is so important and how we can live a jesus-centered lifestyle so That's us. On Monday nights, we take the message that we talked about on the Sunday and we just break it down a little bit. We answer any questions that you have. So if you've got any questions about things that we're doing or you want to know more about Kingdom Company or you want to know more about the Sunday message, tonight's your night to ask. Send a question in using the question function on Instagram or just drop a question in on the comment and I can can then share that with others and we can kind of dialogue that together. So, Last night, we talked a little bit about um, Matthew 6 and verse 22 and 23. And it's a really interesting passage because it talks a lot about not just sight and vision, but also the f- how how we see what we see. You know, um, I'll read you the message translation of what we studied last night. And it goes like this. Matthew 6, 22 and 23 says, Your eyes, this is Jesus talking to his disciples your eyes are windows into the body if you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief your body fills up with light if you live squinty eyed in greed and distrust what a great translation your body is a dank cellar, and if you pull the blinds on your windows what a dark life you will have managed jesus is using word pictures he's using metaphor um to explain about what what we ought to be looking at and how we ought to be seeing, you know, there's a, you know, that if you know this as well as I do, that some people see chaos and some people see opportunity in the very same situation. If you ask for people's perspectives on a story or, or, you know, if you ask my wife about our wedding day, she'll tell you one version of events. And if you ask me, I'll say something else because why? Cause we remember different things, right? We remember different things. We have different perspectives on things. And whilst it is a really good thing to appreciate other people's perspectives, to learn from other people's perspectives, when it comes to making wise choices for our life, when it comes to building a life that we can be proud of, when it comes to our innate design, when it comes to um, having a purpose and a destiny to fulfill, we believe that Jesus f- should frame our destiny, the Jesus' perception, Jesus' worldview, if you like the Christian worldview... The Christian way to see the world is the way that Christ has called us to live. And so we're living in an age right now, you've probably noticed, of tons of different worldviews, of tons of different people's perspectives. And if you're on social media, which if you're joining us tonight on Instagram, then you are on social media, you'll know that more than ever, people are sharing their perspectives. People are sharing their points of view. People are sharing their experiences. People are sharing their worldview and people are sharing, um, you know, their different agendas. There's political agendas. There's There's racial challenges and complications which need to be addressed. There's, you know, all kinds of At the moment, there's conspiracy theories about President Trump's health and how sick he is and, you know, white privilege. Then there's conspiracy theories about the origins of COVID. You don't have to go very far (laughs) on the internet to find a couple of, or more than a couple of belting um, conspiracy theories. And the thing about conspiracy theories is they often have, like, a small amount of truth in them, but they're not actually a true perspective. And um, so one of the things that we wanted to try and do at Kingdom Company is to help people, is to help people who join our community to frame the world in a Christian way, to frame the world as Christ would see the world. Because we believe that Jesus' perspective, not Republican, not Democrat, not Tory, not Labour, not even white or black, but Christ's perspective is, is, is our rule of life. And so the closer that we can, we can live according to Christ's um, teachings, the closer that we can, um, hi Cameron, the closer that we can live, um, like in the ways that Jesus has taught us and and the way he's asked us to live and the ways that if you're a Christian, he's given you the power to live like that. So um, we believe that if you can, if you align yourself with Christ's teaching, you're going to see the world through his perspective. And so what we spent, we had a bit of fun last night with some glasses. <clears throat> I found my, uh, I brought these out today. These are my comedy glasses. Uh, and we were talking about different people's perspectives and we were saying, you know, some of us wrestle with people's perspectives on um on, on peer to peer relationships, you know, Social media is a beautiful place to find and connect with community if that's what you're into, but it's also a place where we can be, um, really pressurized at times to get involved with or to think certain things that we don't always understand the roots of. And, um, we don't always know where that comes from. And so sometimes what can happen is we, we fall victim to things like groupthink or to just peer pressure. And, you know, you see this when you're a kid, it's like the amount of people who've they support boys who support certain football teams because their friends support certain football teams or their dad supported it or their mum supported it. And, and so what happens is as we get older, we have the option and the opportunity to um choose our own worldview. And really, that's what raising a healthy child is all about, is giving that child the ability to choose wisely and correctly. And so, yeah, like everybody who's brought up as a Christian comes to a place in their own life where they have to examine the truth for themselves. They have to examine the evidence for themselves. They have to find God for themselves. And to discover, are you really who you say you are? Is this real? Is this legit? And so we're in this age, aren't we, of deconstruction at the minute where all our normals are getting smashed up against the wall. We're not able to meet properly. All our, you know, we're in October now and <clears throat> there's all kinds of things going to take place in the realms of employment and in terms of um, in, in terms of like infrastructure and society. And obviously the, the vaccine for the virus is quite a way away. And so it's going to affect us um, for quite some years to come, not just in the um, surviving the COVID pandemic, But the societal changes that will happen as a consequence, if you look back through history and you'll see any major famine or war or some kind of pandemic or epidemic, there's always a huge change in society. And obviously we now through, I don't know, just the way it is, we're living through it. And it's weird. It's the strangest thing to see and to watch and to observe and to think this is happening in my lifetime. So what we want to do at Kingdom Company is to help and equip us to uh, face the future with hope and to help us to understand scripture and understand the ways of Jesus for ourselves, so that we can frame the future correctly and that we can even go through the things that we're going through right now with a sense of eternal hope. One of my perspectives that I talked about on Sunday, which was a little bit flippant, but I was kind of just trying to have some fun with it. Whereas this concept, this, like you probably heard this term, but it's called nihilism, N-I-H-I-L. And it's this, it's this thing that, it's this point of view. It's quite common in certain ethical, um, in certain ethical um, points of view, I guess. But nihilism is like, nothing matters. We're worthless. um, We don't mean anything to anybody. And so what, what can happen is, it can transfer into a, it doesn't matter what I do this side of eternity. So, if there's no God, therefore there's no heaven, therefore there's no afterlife, there's no there's no hell. And what happens is, so what can happen with the nihilism and what can happen with the, um, is that point of view is that we tend to live for today or just for tomorrow. We live for this mortal life that we have. And so what happens is it becomes a real, uh, the, you know, People with that point of view believe that there's no sense in living for an afterlife or no eternity or no eternal consequences for our decisions that we have. Hi guys, good to see you back. Sorry we dropped off there. I'm just gonna carry on from where I was. <clears throat> and the danger of that, of course, is that we, we we take these really short-term decisions and it's a nihilism. It's a it's a godlessness, it's a it's a um, lack of understanding. Of our own, of God's supremacy that even exists, and also our own uh, value and worth because of the worth that God has given us, and so we, we when you see a, a, a godlessness in society, what tends to happen is, um. Is the mor- what we would perceive of as a morality begins to decrease, um, ethics begin to diminish. People's behavior towards one another begins to begins to get worse and worse. In, in inverted commas, because what happens is there's no point in being a good person. There's no reason to to try hard. There's no reason to better oneself. There's no point in because we've got no consequence. That's one point of view, and it's quite a prevalent point of view. It's why, it's why that what we believe in, how we frame the world is so important to the way we live now. So the decisions that I'm taking today in the middle of the pandemic are framed by most of my decisions are framed by the kingdom of God, because I believe in God. I know God for myself. And so what happens is I live I I live according to the fact that there is an eternity and and my relationship with God is primary. And so it shapes and um, informs the decisions that I make today. And so that's one perspective. And then we looked at other perspectives where we can look through the lens of somebody else's perspective a lot. And I don't know if you're an empathetic person. I am. Claire is strong in sympathy and I am strong in empathy. So I tend to feel people's feels. I feel what you're feeling. I might not do anything about it, like terms of action, but, but I feel it and I can tend to internalize it. And I know a lot of people. I like that. And so what can happen is we can feel people's pain. We can see the world from their perspective. And what can happen is we can, their pain can become our pain. Their offense can become our offense. And I forget, uh, uh, I think it was Chris Vallotton talks about, it. it's very challenging to Um. Serve poor people or serve those people on the margins of society. The challenge is can you maintain a healthy attitude towards people who have wealth and money? Why? Because you, at times, you can begin to embody or own the perspectives of the people you've come to help. And sometimes with good reason, but sometimes what happens is it prejudices you against other people who God loves just as much. Crazy, eh? But I've been there. So, for example, you know um if i have an issue and a challenge with rejection or i've been like i've been like you know bullied at school or something things of that nature which i was bullied at school what can happen is you can brace yourself against rejection so you expect to be rejected before you um see somebody else uh, so you're expecting every new relationship at some point this person is going to reject me and so what what happens is we don't give ourselves fully to relationship we tend to be we tend to be um, maybe distrustful or we tend to be a little bit um spooked by people and we we have an agenda in everything that we do why because we have been our glasses or our filters have been um clouded or muddied or dirtied because of our past experiences but Christ invites us to come and see the world through different lenses and theologians call it the christological lens which is basically a christological lens is a fancy way of saying Jesus glasses right um So these are my prescription lenses. These are bespoke to me. This is the way I can see the world clearly. But if I, uh, you know, if I start to put other people's filters on things, if I start to add other people's stuff over the top of it, if I start to have double vision and I've got loads of multiple agendas, if I've got loads of things going on, I'm going to start to see things in a really distorted way. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Like, if you see me, you see the Father. So by looking at Jesus, what happens is I begin to see Father God through the life of Jesus. I begin to understand my value, my significance that he's conferred upon me. And so now I can start to make decisions. As I let the love of Jesus um, in through my lens, as I allow my heart and internal life to become changed by by the vision that I've seen of Jesus... My internal life has changed. What happens is, I now treat others differently because of the way that I've received Jesus. Perspective is massively important, and it it's going to be hugely important to us going forward as we are, you know, navigating tons and tons of different points of view, of different um, media outlets, of different social media outlets, of different friends. You know, um, it's a challenge. And so one of the things that we want to do is just in a really gentle way. There are other places, if you have questions on really more um, highbrow theological stuff, I'd be happy to direct you to certain places who have more of um they're deeper and they're denser and it's a little bit more um, mental and theological. But listen, the bottom line is Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, and he he wants to give us the best life, um, and we have to learn to follow him and frame the world through his perspective and through his prescription. Um, yeah, guys, jump on if you have any questions or if you have any um any observations or if there's anything we can sort of try and address in scripture tonight. But well, it's um it's important how we um how we see the world. Um, Because that allows us to frame the world and frame other people. So there's been times in my life where I've wanted to believe the best about other people. But to be truthful, I was laboring with some dirty lenses and some cracked glass. And I I need to get Jesus' perspective on that person so that I can choose to see them as he sees them and not just wrestle with my own unbelief. And the important thing for us is that we allow Christ himself to clean the lenses of our perception. You know, like Jesus says here, if you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body, your your inner life, your spiritual vitality, the fabric of your heart and the condition of your spiritual life will be full of light. And so what light does, light dispels darkness, isn't it? Light dispels the darkness. And so if, our, if we see things as Christ has called us to see things and our, and our lives are full of light, then we become light bearers in dark places and we drive back the darkness that is keeping people in, in enslavement or in deception. But if you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank seller. The context of this little passage here is it's one of three um, little metaphors that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter six to talk about wealth and to talk about um, not having double vision. You cannot serve both God and money. One of the challenges of having the singularity of vision or keeping your eyes on Jesus only, even dealing with other things, as they come, but keeping your eyes on Jesus is that there's a lot of things that will compete for your attention. And there's a lot of, a lot of things that will cry out as necessary. And so there'll be so many times where you can feel overwhelmed and, um, you know, confused by the amount of options that seem to be in front of you. But if you can focus on Jesus, if you can you know, seek first or look after his kingdom and his righteousness, then you don't have to worry for the other stuff. It's been a real um, amazing thing over the last couple of years as as our life has been in a constant detour, actually. We were supposed to plant physically a church. We were supposed to be moving over to Manchester about this. Well, we we're supposed to have moved by now. And it just hasn't worked out like that. Uh, we've not been able to meet as we wanted to, and we've certainly not been able to move. And it looks like our plans are going to be derailed for the next couple of years. But, you know, because of I've seen God do things before, I I am able to remember and call to mind the things that have framed uh, my future before. And those are that God is faithful, that he hasn't finished, that, you know, just because it doesn't look like how you had it in your mind, it doesn't mean that God is going to like forsake or you know not come through on the promises that he made to you. And um the challenge is to <laughs> to take on somebody else's lens and to listen to somebody else's, you know, wisdom, if you like, and to you know leave with somebody else's perspective and then to be so confused and to be so double minded and to have such double vision um that we we've forgotten what God has actually said to us or we've forgotten what's true and what's right. And that's why we have to keep looking at Jesus. It's so important. We're in this series about infinite mindset, about developing God-like thoughts. And uh, God has nothing but great things in store for us if we keep our eyes fixed on him. But he will always lead us through challenge and some difficult times and sometimes suffering too in order to get us to where he needs us to be. So, um, yeah, there's another scripture uh, I want to talk a little bit about in, um, I believe it's in, I'm going to use the one in Luke. And again, it's based on, um, let me find it. We have the same. There's a um, a great scripture in in Luke. And this is an interesting one. With the same measure you use, or the same measure you hear, yeah, that's an even better one. Mark chapter four and verse 24. I'm just looking it up on my uh, laptop tonight. So it says, "Um, pay attention, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. Amazing. It's this like idea of God's algorithm. I don't know if you've ever been on YouTube. You probably have, I hope you have some great stuff on there. So like, basically what's happening is i've got an nfl fantasy team up at the minute me and a few of the guys from kingdom company were playing a fantasy league so every monday uh, morning i watch the highlights of some of my favorite games and what happens is the algorithm in youtube begins to send me more nfl games so it tries to send me nfl games from two years ago or it tries to tell me about you know amazing plays that such and such a person isn't. What happens is the more I'm looking for NFL, the more the algorithm of YouTube is sending me NFL things to look at, <laughs> right? It's called in psychology it's called confirmation bias. Um, it's the idea that if you buy a red car of you say you buy a, a vw polo a red vw polo you've been thinking about that vw polo you've been you know probably saving up or thinking about finance payments for it you've been looking at the interiors and kicking the tires and maybe you know whatever and so what happens is when you buy that when you buy that vw polo in red you start to notice that vw polo in red everywhere you go so i've never noticed that before it's As if there was never a VW red polo before, but now suddenly there is. Well, of course there is. Of course there's been VW polos before, but psychologists call it confirmation bias. And so what happens is God knows, obviously we're wired for confirmation bias. So he's saying, if you hear and do the things that I've asked you to do, you'll start hearing and doing more of the same things that I'm asking you to do. Like, if, you, if your eye is full of light, you'll start to do more of that stuff. Yeah, so mum's saying, I had shoes bought in line. Yeah, that, yeah, and unfortunately, that's not at all random. That's totally an algorithm that wherever they've set it up. So, you know, we all know, I switch um, Alexa off. Claire keeps buying these, um, what are they called? them, little pod things. And I use it at night to put sleep sounds on, but blimmin' they're flashing all the time, listening to our conversations and I'm like, I'm popping them out. I don't want you sending me ads, but it's a clever, Chris Walsh is on. He could probably tell you how it works, but, but it's, it's not necessarily sinister. It's just, it's just, um, we have to be aware of those things. We have to be aware that we are susceptible to those things. And we have to be aware that we can have a choice of what we look at and what we choose to dwell on. So um, consider carefully or then pay a close attention to what you hear. Mark, uh, Mark chapter 4 verse 24. The closer you listen the more understanding will be given and you will receive even more. This is an idea that the more that you listen to what God's saying, the more understanding will be given and the more understanding you'll receive. There's a compounding effect. And this is similar to what Jesus is saying. Your eyes are the window to the soul. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. So basically there's this increasing there's this compounding on what God wants to do. So the more that we look at what's good, what's noble, and the more that we, we f- allow God to help us frame the world that we live in, the more we, can, the more we start seeing the things that he's doing. It's really interesting, that, isn't it? I don't know if you've noticed this. If you've ever fasted and prayed, you're more aware of God's presence. And the, the reality, Scripture teaches us that he hasn't gone anywhere is that he we will say, God, I need you to come close to me. And if you read scripture in James, it says, no, no, you move closer to him. <laughs> he hasn't gone anywhere. What happens in times where we pray and we fast and we ask God for help is that we become more aware of his presence that's always there. Powerful, eh? So it's just like when you're going to buy a red polo, you become more aware of red polos. You are literally training yourself to to position yourself to receive more of God because you're placing yourself to look for him. I was reading today that the Aramaic word for prayer and to pray is to set a trap for God is basically the idea that we catch God in the act of doing something that we wait in hopeful expectation of God to do something. So if my lenses are dirty, if my lenses are like bonkers and I'm living in a fantasy land, I'm not going to have the perception to be able to see what God is doing and wants to do. And I know many of us right now, uh, we can't believe that God is going to do what God says he is going to do. When we look outside and see the chaos that seems to be round and about. The circumstances seem to tell us one thing, but us, the the inner witness or the spirit's eyes is telling us sometimes something different. That is the tension that we live in. We are living in a kingdom that hasn't yet fully come, but has partly come. So the tension that we live in is we can see things that through the Christological lens, we can see through Jesus' glasses what Jesus wants to do. What would Jesus do here? Why? why you know, I understand that he would pray for sick people and nobody else praying for a sick person. Now here's the challenge. Are you going to pray for the sick person because you have a revelation of what Jesus wants to do and maybe that all the other people in your church or maybe other people around about you don't? What are you going to do, right? And that's what makes us kingdom and light bearers. That's what makes us light bearers is will we push past other people's perception? Will we push past other people's expectations? Will we allow people's negativity to get on us or will we choose to see through the Jesus glasses of what could be right? So the coffee shop that we used to meet at Port, called Porter and Cole, it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't even exist. It's not even open. So we can't even go back to Porter and Cole, even if we wanted to. <laughs> But because I know God, because I've walked with God for a little bit longer than some people, I, I, I'm I like, okay, I, I'm in confident expectation that God has got something else else for us to do. Now, you know, there comes a time in our life as Christians where we have to stop pretending that God never came through for us before. And we have to start choosing with joy to confidently frame what's going on through the lens of jesus what would jesus do now how would jesus expect us to behave right now what would he ask us to do what would he what would he say to us right now if he was here well he is here you know holy spirit is within us what's he saying love your neighbor love your enemies pray for those who persecute you which is why there's no sense jumping on facebook and trolling president trump and i understand why people are like i understand it but it's, it's really interesting to me how he's Donald Trump some days and then he's President Trump another day. It shows the condition of, of whose, it shows the perspective. You might not agree with his policies, but Timothy says, pray for your leaders. You might not like the guy, pray for your leaders. It's a challenge, but this is what this means to follow Christ is I see things in one way and yet I feel like God is causing me to supernaturally or spiritually see things or see people in a different way, right? And so my challenge is to pray for President Trump, is to call him President Trump. Why? Because he's the office is worthy of honor and because I'm going to pray for him. See how many people I lose off Instagram now. Do I have to agree with all his policies? No, but I don't have to justify praying for him either. And so what happens is the way that we frame the world through our christological lens causes us to become countercultural it causes us to become countercultural because jesus causes us to do asks us to do things or commands us to do things that fly in the face of culture not to be offensive not to be nasty not to be negative and weird but that that's not how we do things around here we pray for our enemies around here we pray for those who persecute us around here really challenging right told you the story about the guy who mugged me and my friend, Mike Crane, who, who who basically said, Matt, you've got a choice. You can't carry this bitterness and unforgiveness into the future. You have to forgive that person if you want to do great things for God. And I was like, is there any way that I can keep my unforgiveness and still do great things for God? He's like, no, not really, because it's not, you, you just won't be able to get past that bitterness. And so sometimes what happens is we, we use these other lenses, right? We use these other lenses and we'll just add another layer of what we want on top of what Jesus said, right? And so so now we're seeing kind of how things are, but really we've got a lot more agenda than Christ has asked us to carry. (laughs) There have been times in this pandemic where I have thought, right, this hasn't worked out. This is not as I expected. Let me just crack on and go and get a normal job let me crack on and see if I can get a job uh, as a teacher or something of that nature. And obviously, I know from having walked with Jesus for a while that that is just me freaking out. And Claire said to me, I said to her, maybe I should just get a job as a teacher. Maybe I should think about that. Me just, just spitballing. And she said, Matt, do you want to be a teacher? And I said, not whatsoever, no. But what happens is when we Shift that perspective of Jesus and we start putting on other people's expectations. What was driving that decision for me to become a teacher was I was afraid of having no money. So I haven't done anything about it. just want you to know that we're planting Kingdom Company. We're all in until Jesus says otherwise. We're all in. But the idea is I could quite easily slip that perspective on and it would be quite normal and it would appear really helpful to a lot of other people, right? People wouldn't blame me for doing it. But it's not what God has asked me to do, right? Right. I'm telling you, Christianity is going to look really different in the UK in the next five years. I believe we're going to see people who, the ones who are going to thrive and really going to enjoy their faith are the ones who know what they believe. And they're going to, there's going to be some kind of ownership and a deepening of spirit in spiritual matters for people who really care about it. I believe that. I believe that's what's coming. Tough times, what happens is often we see people return to church and we see after tough times um, after tough times uh, happen, what happens is people return to church and there's a newfound spirituality. And so by that, when those people come back, I want to be speaking a message and we want to be a church that's inclusive. But that's, that's direct and that's loving and that teaches a full gospel and that calls you and says to people, listen. This is a way of life. This isn't a hand up at the beginning of the meeting. This is a way of life. This is a lifestyle. This is how this works. So listen, jump in with any questions you have or any observations about perspective, about infinite mindset, about the bright eyes. You know, I know like for me, I was asking Claire today, which are your glasses that you're most likely to go for? And she said, oh, it's probably other people's opinions. And I said, yeah, for me, it's probably the scratch lenses approach where I don't really... I do care about what people think, but sometimes I'll get offended or something will sneak in and and it'll color my version of events in an unhelpful way. And so what Jesus is teaching me in this thing is have a singleness of vision towards Jesus and then everything else is going to follow. Yeah, Jump in with any questions you have, guys, or obzos, or how to get over things. How do you see it? How do you see it? Good to see you, Amy. Nice to see you guys. The truth is that the prescription of Jesus fits you and sits nicely upon your nose and is the way that you were designed to live. And to choose another way, like, is to miss out on the best bits of life, is to miss out on, you know, fulfilling all the potential that God has got for you. But when we choose Jesus' perspective and we say, look, I don't see things like you see things but I'd like to see things like you see things. I'd like help with framing that. I'd like help in that area. Teach me how to see like you see. What we find is that he's really patient and he's really kind and he's really loving and he doesn't abandon us and he doesn't forsake us or push us away or say, you know, you're too, um, stupid or blind for me to help. He doesn't, he's patient. I love, like we spoke about here before where Peter um, is still carrying like a bit of a racist agenda three years in, you know, I think about six months after Jesus has died. He's, you know, he's, he, he, he's carried this way of seeing the world all the way through whilst being with Jesus. And I want you to know that like, we're never beyond needing help, but we're never too far gone to receive help either. And so maybe you've seen things and you've done things or maybe you've thought things or you've, you know, you you feel like I can't see him right now. My perspective is shot. I want you to know that Jesus knows how to help you see. Jesus knows how to restore your sight. Jesus knows how to restore your vision. If you will trust him in the process, he will restore you in a really deep and loving way. And more than just an optician, and nothing superficial like that, but a deep down. So it's difficult to see the world God's way. It's more difficult to behave the way God does. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's not so difficult to see the world God's ways. Well, here's the perception where perception has to become action, doesn't it? At some point, past hurt is a massive one. I wish I could polish off those scratches way quicker and not see things in a tainted way from the rejection I felt like the last 100%. Nikki. thanks for your honesty. That would be my jam is the rejection stuff is I brace myself. And so what's happened is for me, I've got this overdeveloped, um, oversensitive thing towards being let down or towards being, you know, mistreated. And so I have to allow the tenderness of God, the tenderness and the kindness of God's fathering to help me to understand that even if people betray me and even if people do, uh, push me away that I am not rejected by God. And so what happens is I might not be able to get hit. I won't get healed by other people. And I won't even get healed by other people's acceptance of me. I'll get healed by allowing the father's love to like you're saying, Nikki is to heal those scratches, to change my perception bit by bit on who I am and who he is and who people are. Jimmy, one of the hardest things is the console. I appreciate why. So I'd like a rest period. Okay. I'm not entirely sure which battle that is. Absolutely. You need a rest period in battles. We can talk about that. Life in, like in real life. We don't often have our visions, faulty or poor. We need spiritual light test. How do you know you've got a blind spot, right? How do you know you've got a blind spot? How many, how many of us have crashed a car because we had a blind spot? There's this bit. There's this bit. Uh, that we don't see correctly. We've got a blind spot. We could have gone into that with glasses. The word of God helps us with our blind spots. And then the other people that will help us with our blind spots is the people we're in community with. So um, we need to be in relationship with people who can help us with our blind spots. Claire knows my blind spots. I'll pretend I haven't got any and she'll know I've got blind spots. (laughs) (laughs) I married a woman who knows my blind spots and sometimes I think she has not seen them and she's like, she's totally seen it. She's just choosing not to say anything. <laughs> she's waiting the time. Honestly, it's amazing. And what can happen is if you in, you need to be in relationship with people who see your blind spots on, on, in a kind of way they cover for you, but in the same way they challenge you. So they don't shame you or embarrass you and they don't try and manipulate you, but they tap you on the shoulder and they say, hey, have you seen nothing? It's probably not good for you. Remember, my dad back in the day when I first took on some leadership at Life Church, and um, my dad said to me, "Okay, cool. Uh, we'll get to that, Dad. Nice one." So, Dad said to me, "I was saying there's some people in the team I don't like them very much," and he said to me, "It's a beautiful bit of blind spot management." He said, "If you can only love people who are like you, you'll never lead most people." This is you you won't be able to lead lots of different diverse types of people. You have to learn to love people who are not like you and to lead people who are not like you. Great blind spot, Spot. It's like, dang. You know, some wisdom, you just this is what people who help you with a blind spot. People who help you with a blind spot always bring a redemptive approach. So the hypercritical will pull you down. But the people who help you, uh, who are there, who are good people in your life, are there to restore the vision that you might be missing. Yeah? So you need folks in your life who are going to coach you up, not tear you down. You need people in your life who can see your potential, who can see you as Christ sees you. Got a few people like that in my life. I'm amazed. Sometimes I think, are you looking at the same person as me? And they remind me of who I am and they remind me and they, 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 they'll say to me, Look Look what you did there. That was great. Look at your character there. You did superb. And all I can remember sometimes are my mistakes. It's a blind spot because I can be hard on myself and hypercritical. Hey, Liam, how's it going, bro? Good to see you, mate. Um, hey, Asha. And so, Dad, what are you are saying there? Dad is saying, Jimmy, one of the hardest things is a constant battle. I find myself a uh, uh, battle in your effort to follow him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump on and help jim hooper yeah good to see you bro you know what dad my thing would be come to church let's pray for you that's what i would do and let's surround you with good people but we can pray for you tonight on the gram so uh let's do that right at the end we'll pray for dad jim hooper he's here jim hooper as gainer hooper <laughs> <laughs> it's a battle sometimes to follow. It's a battle to see things correctly. It's a battle to perceive things. Do you know what it's sometimes a battle? It's a battle to see what you think, is nobody else seeing this? And do you ever do that where you, you'll see God, you'll have such a strong sense of what Jesus is saying in the word, and it'll be it'll be so clear to you, and then you'll try and share it with people and you'll go, What's that? Why aren't people getting it for it? Why aren't people understanding? It's funny, right? And so that's where our character needs to develop. So at first we see things and we have vision for things, but then our character and our, and one of the things, one of the dynamics of spiritual life that's been tested in all of us is our perseverance right now, right? Perseverance right now, man. We just have to gut it out, right? We're just having to show up and do life and gut something out. It's really challenging. It's not glamorous at all, but it doesn't mean that what we've seen is wrong and it doesn't mean that what Jesus said is untrue. It means we're in the battle of living a kingdom first lifestyle in a world that doesn't necessarily flow the same way. And so what God does, he shows us a glimpse. He allows our spirit to catch it and he allows us to be changed by the Holy Spirit, and by the love of Jesus. And then our our world is beginning to be framed by Jesus. And that puts us sometimes in opposition with what a lot of what's going on in the world. And then we're into character development because there's a lot of that that's happening right now. But I really believe if we can maintain a strength of character in difficult times, that people are watching us. You know, we've had lots of people say about Kingdom Company, how encouraged they are, and they won't know. Um, how we felt about four o'clock on that Sunday afternoon, you know, it's like, it's amazing how people can be encouraged by people who are so challenged themselves. Have you noticed your kids that you will be loving on your kids. They won't even know some of the pain that you're going through. That is an example of you living from a different perspective. You see something in them that's worth bearing with the present reality that you're going through and powerful in it and see so you can still give away hope you can still give away joy even if you're crying out for your own that's often how the kingdom works there've been times where i'm like i don't know if i can say anything tonight to a small camera anymore I really want people in a room to talk to, like I'm talking to my friends, and yet I'll, I'll stand up in front of a cam of a of a phone and look into a tiny little thing, and something will happen, and I just feel like this is what God's asked me to do. <laughs> Why? It's mad, but there's something at the end of it. Remember last night when you were just to strengthen our resilience, we feel a bit as if we and others are running on empty. Absolutely, so if you've got those spiritual gifts of exhortation or leadership or you you, you have you have to equip and strengthen each other now is the time for the coaches and for the for the cheerleaders and for the encouragers to just get amongst it on social media and with other people And for those of us who like need prayer to ask for prayer and for those of us who can pray for each other to pray for each other, because scripture tells us that when, you know, when somebody's sick, we pray for them who are sick. At the same time, there are people who are happy. And so we rejoice with those people. And so I think sometimes it's in a community. We find the people who are rejoicing when we're not. And we say, can I have a little bit of what you've got, please? (laughs) (laughs) Can I have a little bit of that thing? by nature, I'm more empathetic and by nature, I'm more like my feelings are very uh, near to the surface. You've probably noticed Claire is not like that. And so there's times where I have to say, Claire, I've totally lost my perspective. I just, can you help me get a perspective on a few things? And I have to reach for that in the strength in somebody else. I have to say, can you help me with this perspective? Cause I've lost my perspective. Now there's times where she'll reach to me for other things. And it's funny how, because we're in, we're we're run quite close, that we have to reach for that in each other. And that's what community is all about. If you have a need, you've got to put your hand up. And what happens is as we fulfill and we meet each other's needs in Christ, um, we begin to get stronger. I think sometimes we don't ask for help because we don't believe we're going to get it or we're afraid of rejection, and I understand that. But the more that we ask for help and the help that we need, and the more that we get our needs met, the more likely we are to ask for help and the more likely we are to be helped. And so we're going to get healthier, right? It's like, it's like a thing. If you've got a Bible, I'll show you this in um, Corinthians. Beautiful, this is. This is gorgeous. 2 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 1. 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, uh, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Wow, God is the source of all comfort. Isn't that amazing? He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. So he says, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. That's what community is all about. It's what Paul is trying to teach the Corinthian church. You go to God for your comfort, strong people. And then when other people need that comfort, You give away that comfort that you yourself have received. Not amazing. Not amazing. It's how it's supposed to work. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. We are suffering at the minute, many of us, psychologically. We are suffering emotionally. We are suffering financially. Here's a promise the more we suffer for Christ, and if you are doing this and choosing to live like Christ, listen. Make no mistake, God will, will reward you. The more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ, even when our, we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we are ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, we will also share in the comfort God gives us. Man, man it's a fault out of not meeting people in a normal way because of restrictions. We can always meet with God. Yeah. And a hundred percent mom, that's it's so true. And there's no blame attached to that. It is a loss. There's nothing you can do about it. It is a loss, but we can still receive God's comfort. And while we're on tonight, we can receive each other's comfort while we're on tonight. We can receive each other's comfort. You know, I was very, very um, skeptical at the beginning of this, how, useful digital media would be and it certainly like taught me a lesson about how powerful God is and the holy spirit in connecting people is it the same as a hug no is it different yeah it doesn't do what a hug does but it does something you know and i want to encourage you with that um that god's still working through social media and instagram even if instagram's not really designed for the holy spirit to move through he's going to do it anyway <laughs> So any prayer requests, drop them in the bottom. Let's pray. Let's pray for, um, let's pray for Jim and let's pray for, um, anybody else who needs prayer, drop it in there. If you need prayer, let's pray for Jim. Um, so God will lift Jim up to you. We thank you God that you've called him and you've appointed him, that you've given him gifts of just such an amazing people person and an amazing like uh, so kind and so wise and so helpful to people on in navigation and all kinds of things. God, give him relief, give him peace in the battle tonight. Lord, help him to sleep peacefully. Help him, yeah, he, help him to sleep peacefully. Help him to know your comfort, God. As he comes near to you, would you come near to him? In Holy Spirit, just fill him up from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Amen. Please pray for work for absolutely Nikki. We pray for work for Nikki and for Liam. God, we lift them up to you tonight. We ask you for work for like for, for new jobs and for better jobs. We pray for finances and we pray for people to just come upon them and to offer them things. Lord God, it'd be stuff, stuff that they can get excited about Lord and stuff that they can get. Like, um, yeah, that this period of where it looks like things are falling apart. It looks like, God, I pray that you bring such an opportunities in front of them. That they've never seen before, God. That in fact, instead of it being like a desert, like a wintry type time, it actually be a time of of regrowth of 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 new things. And God, there's such creative people, and I pray that you give them that opportunity to create and to be creative in your strong name. One of the things to encourage you in times like this is to just get rowdy with your confessions. I don't mean like confessing your sins. I mean, get rowdy with your confessions of faith, with your declarations. So um, whenever you see an area of lack or you see an area where God is, it doesn't look like much is going on, find the scripture that, um, that, that confirms God's nature and begin to pray and meditate on that truth. So for example, I was feeling flipping heavy last week. Who knows why? Do you know what I mean? Who knows? It could be a million things. But... I don't know where to look. And so I'm listening to a few speakers online and I'm like, they say a few things and it just blessed me and it got me a little bit. And um, I was struggling to sleep and I found this scripture um, in Psalms 127. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until night, anxiously working for food to eat for God gives rest to his loved ones. Amazing. So I started, there's a few days I just prayed that. And I said those Psalms out loud. There's another one. How joyful, Psalm 28, 128. How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways? You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. Feels like we just, it doesn't look like a church I had in my head, but how joyful are those who fear the Lord? For you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. You, how joyful and prosperous you will be. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. May the Lord continually bless you. And so I start to meditate, start to f- hammer it. I start to read it like a desperate man. Do you know? And I, and I want you to know that scripture can take that. The scripture can take your desperation. It was written by desperate people. It was written for desperate times and for difficult times. And if you are afraid in any way of being like, you know, of pouring your heart out before God, Just go to the Psalms. I mean, I want to encourage you so much to go to the Psalms. There's some stuff in there I struggle to pray because it's so violent, man. But it's in the scriptures to help us access our emotions and to help us to reach God for what we need. God knows we're emotional people and he knows we miss people and he knows all of that stuff. So that's where I've been, Psalm 127, 128. God gives rest to his loved ones. So I felt like we weren't moving as fast as we like. We're not doing as much as we should. And I read this. God gives rest to his loved ones. Stupid for you to be up all night working. God's working on your behalf while you sleep. Chill out, Matt. Powerful, eh? So thank you for tuning in tonight. And um, may God bless you and cause his face to shine upon you and your families. And thank you for tuning in to Deep Dive. And I hope if there's anything we can do for you, just let us know behind the scenes, just direct message us. If there's anything we can pray for you, direct message us. If is anything we can you know, direct you in terms of help with psychologists or counselors or, you know, anything of that nature, just totally would love to do that. Me and Claire i have decided we're going to be full-time for quite a while at this. We've just trusted God for it. We're going to do it until at least... We'll see what happens by Christmas, but we're at this, right? And so we wanted to build digital community, and we feel like let's do something that we've never done before. So, listen, thank you so much for tuning in. And please um, just connect in any way that you feel comfortable to. Appreciate you guys. Good to see so many names on there that we know and love, and it'd be just amazing to see you guys face-to-face. See you soon.